0: This morning, I want to start with this question. Has there ever been a time in your life that you've looked on something, looked at something, and it cost you something? It it caused pain in your life or in the life of others. Sometimes you wish, Lord, why did I even look at that? Has that ever happened in any of your lives? I began to think through, and as as I preach and teach, and as I stand before a, a mixed audience, an audience of boys and girls, men and women, you have to be careful of the stories that you share. Amen? Um, and so I will share a story with you this morning on behalf of this. Um, If I was in a different environment, I might share another story, but I tried to think of a a general story that I would start with, and so this notion of looking onto something, and then what happens when we look. I remember back when I was a child, this will date itself, I remember that uh, it was just me and mom, a lot of times my dad worked all the time, he was self-employed, and so we would go shopping, we'd have to go grocery shopping, or just general shopping in, in, in general, And so I'll never forget this one day we went to Kroger. For those of you there in Sumter, you've been here a long time, may remember the Kroger. And Walmart used to be located right next door to each other. And so I remember it was notorious. If we went shopping, I was a small child, we'd go in the store and mom go one way and I went another. I wouldn't even think about doing that today, right? But that's when I grew up, that's what we did. Mom went and did whatever and I went and kind of roamed and looked at things or looked at the magazines or I'd walk around and talk to people or sit up front and talk to people. And so this one day I remember I was on the magazine aisle and I found this really cool magazine about the Titanic. And it was just, I was fascinated. I've always been a history buff. And so I remember getting this magazine and I was, I was really excited about it. And I, I don't even know now if we bought anything, but I'll never forget the fact that I, ha- I held on this magazine. And we got out the store and we were between Kroger and between Walmart and I realized that I hadn't paid for it. Or that we hadn't paid for that magazine. And so it wasn't one of those stories where my mom took me and marched me back to the customer service desk and said like, hey, you know, my son just stole this. I think we, you know, went back and either bought it or we returned it. But I share that story with you this morning just to remind you that sometimes in life we can look on things, we can desire things, And that will lead to sin in our lives. And so this morning, I take a break. Um, There are times where the Lord gives me certain messages or certain things that he wants me to share. Sometimes I table them, right? I keep a list of just ideas, of sermon ideas. And so you're right. You're probably thinking, well, Chris, weren't we preaching and teaching through uh, or studying 2 Timothy? We were. But we just finalized chapter 1. And this particular message, this particular theme that we're going to talk about today just began to resonate. And because we had just finished chapter one, we're kind of, kind of making that transition into chapter two. I said, okay, we're going to, I'm going to take the liberty. And and this is where I feel like the Lord needs us to be today. And so I want to just share with you today a message entitled, it started with a look. It started with looks. So I want to invite you to open your copy of God's word and turn to Genesis chapter three. Genesis chapter three. And we see here as we are looking in Genesis, we see the account of creation. Now, as we go back into Genesis, we see, um, we see this account. And as you hear people preach and teach about, um, the creation story, I think the thing that we need to remember is this is what Thus saith the word of God, that in the beginning God created, He spoke into existence these things. And so we have to remember that, as far as I'm concerned in God's word, that you, you need to believe and, and accept God's word for what it is from Genesis chapter one to Revelation. Amen? That you need, so if you, if you struggle or you doubt the creation story, you will doubt everything else. It is, it lays the foundation of where we are. And so this morning we're going to be in Genesis chapter three to start with. And so I want you to just remember that in Genesis chapter 1, we see the account of creation of the world and, and the seven days that the Lord created it. And then chapter 2, we see that the seventh day God rested and, and then how God uh, created woman and, and created man. We see the story of how woman and man are created. And then in chapter 3, very quickly in Scripture, we see what is commonly known as the fall. And so I want you to look with me in Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. 1 through 7. Now, the serpent was more crafty. The New King James says cunning, or the New Living Translation says shrewdest. So the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to woman, Did God actually say, You shall not eat of any tree in the garden? Verse six, this is our key verse that we start on this morning. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate. Then the eyes of both were opened and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. So as we see here in the story of the fall, verse 6 is our key verse this morning. So when woman saw, when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and it was a delight to the eyes. Can I remind you this morning that we allow our desires to dictate our decisions. That is our key phrase this morning that you will probably hear over and over again. We allow our desires to dictate our decisions. And so I also want to pause here this morning and we see that she is engaging with the enemy. She is engaging with the serpent. And yes, we do have an enemy. We do have the devil. We do have his Angels, We do have a spirit of darkness that surrounds us, but can I also caution us here this morning and just tell you that we cannot approach life and say, the devil made me do it. Sure, he may present things in your life that are not for your betterment, but there is personal responsibility as well. So please don't ever get in the habit of saying the devil made me do it. Yes, he may have presented the opportunity. Now opportunity may have come, but we're not to entertain it. And as we think this morning about that she saw, as we think about the fall of man, as we think about how sin entered the world, it started with A look. And so I want to ask you this morning, what have you been looking at in your lives that leads you into sin? You see, I also have to pause here and and remind you that once you see something, you can't unsee it. If you have children, whether they're grown or not, if you have grandchildren, cell phones, iPads, tablets are an amazing technology. But what are people looking at? What are your grandchildren? Looking at. And so I encourage you this morning that maybe this is a conversation that you need to have with your children, of your grandchildren, to talk about their devices. Because once you see something, you can't unsee it. And friends, don't be like, oh, that will never happen to my little Johnny. That'll never happen to my Little Susie, it will. Because the whole world is at their fingertips, is at their palm of their hands. That's a prayer matter that we need to be praying over. It's something that we've had discussions with in our household, with our boys. And you have to set up clear systems of checks and balances. Kendall and I both, our boys' phones are locked, so in case someone picks them up, right, that that's one deterrent that they may not be able to use it because it has a passcode, has a six-digit passcode. But Kendall and I know that passcode. We do this with Katie, too. We know that passcode, and at any time, we can pick up their phones and look at what they've been looking at, who they've been talking to, and their conversations, And I won't call any names and I won't tell any in-depth stories. But let's just say that even though you might delete it, it, doesn't mean that it's gone. We had a situation where recently something, a text thread got deleted before it was brought to Kindle. So I sat down and I Googled and I said, how do I retrieve this? And so guess what I did? I went back in the history and we retrieved that message and we looked at that and we talked about that. But I share that with you today because it started with Adam and Eve. With Eve, it started with a look. It started with a simple look. And so I think that also reminds me of this as I wrote down in my notes. You think about this. With, with Eve and then as you'll see in a minute, someone else in the Old Testament. It started in the eyes. It entered their head, it entered their mind, it went to their heart, and then it proceeded through their hands. But where did it start? It started with the look. Can I remind you as well this morning that you've got to watch what you're looking at. But as the old saying goes, you've got to watch your thoughts because they become words. Words. You've got to watch your words because they become actions. You've got to watch your actions because they become habits. You've got to watch your habits because they become your character. And you've got to watch your character because it becomes your destiny. It started with a look. You see, for Adam and Eve, they were driven from the presence of God... And sin not only infected them, but it also affected their environment. It affected what God said would come later, that they would would work the ground by the sweat of their brow, that there would be labor pains. So can I remind you this morning that the sin that you struggle with in your life does not just affect you. It affects other people. And so this morning as we look at this, and I just cannot stress enough that she saw that the tree was good for food and that was a delight to the eyes and the tree was be was to be desired Our desires dictate our decisions And so when we allow that into our mind we allow that into our hearts It becomes a delight. It becomes something that we lust after, that we desire to have. And so I want to just ask you this morning, as you think through your life, you've got to start asking yourself, why do I want this? Whatever it might be. And there are people who struggle with all kinds of things. And, and I told you before, I will stand up and I will talk about things that are touchy subjects. Because I believe that it's what the church doesn't talk about. That it's people struggle with the most. I, I read a, a message uh, last night actually. And I, I saved it on my phone. I save all kinds of things on my phone that I see. And I read this nugget of wisdom. It said the church should be a place where it's okay To not be okay. Sunday is not a time to showcase our perfect life. It's a time to show up with our biggest hurts and our hang-ups. This church, when you walk in this door, should be a place of grace. We should be gracious to one another. We should be gracious to know that each of us are at different seasons and different places of our lives. And what you may see as trivial, someone else is struggling with because... It started with a look. For some people, that's that they've got to go out and 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 I could take you to to a woman's house not too far from here, that she has a shopping addiction. And she just buys all kinds of junk. I mean, she'll buy and buy it in bulk. She'll buy clothes, and she has clothes in her closet that still have the tags on them and and she's got a whole bedroom now her husband is deceased and her child doesn't live at home and she has a whole bedroom filled with clothes that still have the tag on it she saw and she looked and and for her it might be the desire that she wants that so that maybe someone will notice her that that brings her joy there are other people who when they are stressed and and they they need comfort they look to the kitchen they look in the refrigerator and I tell you what for somebody who's trying to lose a few pounds when you turn it over and you start looking at the calories and you go and you go for a walk and you see that I went on a 30 minute walk and I only that only equates to one Oreo well next time you might not pop three or four Oreos in your mouth amen because you see how long it takes you to burn it off but it started with a look now women I hope y'all know I love you, and I and I'm not letting the men off the hook today. Okay, we're not just here to say, "Well, look at what Eve did, and look at how it's Eve's fault." No, I want you to turn with me over to the book of Second Samuel. And so, if you'll continue to turn in the New Testament, you'll go through and you'll see Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, and then First and Second Samuel is sandwiched between First uh, Kings. So, if you'll turn over to the book of Second Samuel. As I thought about this, and and what's funny about this message is I actually began to write it, but it's funny because I don't remember any of it. There was one day it was storming at Chick-fil-A, and I was in the drive-thru, and when you direct traffic sometimes, I'm not jamming out to music, and I'm not counting cars, so I think about sermons, I'm just saying. And so I actually wrote part of this, but couldn't remember any of it, so I had to start all over. But it was good. The first time I preached it to our uh, my friend Cheryl, she was, oh man, that's a good word from the Lord. Well, hopefully this one's a good one too, but it's a different word than she got that day. But I want you to look with me in 2 Samuel chapter 11. 2 Samuel chapter 11. And as we think of this notion, it started with a look. I want you to see somebody else who sinned and and it was a grievous sin, but it started with a look. Here in 2 Samuel chapter 11, we see the story of David and Bathsheba. In verse one, in the spring of that year, the time when the kings go out to battle, David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel. And they ravaged the Ammonites and besieged Reba. But David remained at Jerusalem. It happened late one afternoon when David arose from his couch and was walking on the roof of the king's house that he saw there's that word again, that he saw from the roof a woman bathing. And the woman was very beautiful. And David sent and inquired about the woman and said, Is this not Bathsheba, the daughter of Eli- Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? So David sent and took her, and she came to him, and he lay with her. Now she had been purifying herself from her uncleanness. Then she returned to her house, verse 5, and the woman conceived, and she sent and told David, I am pregnant. Verse 2, he saw. It started with a look. See, the thing you, you need to know about this story with David and Bathsheba is, it tells us right there in Scripture, in the spring of that year, when the time when kings go out to battle, David sent Joab and his servants. He sent them out, And he stayed back. So see, that's what happens sometimes in our lives when we're not where we're supposed to be, that sin will easily enter our lives. And that begins with a look. Because had David been where he was supposed to be, he would have been at battle with his men. And we see here in this story that he arose from his couch. So like his men are out in battle, and he's up on the rooftop taking a nap. And then it sees, so he's on the rooftop. And so he looks and he saw a woman bathing. Now, I don't know about you. And scripture says she was very beautiful. I mean, it don't. I mean, that's what it says. It says she was very beautiful. I mean, it could have stopped there. It started with, look, he saw that she was very beautiful. And he could have come back later and said, bro, man, you got a beautiful wife. But you might want to tell her don't be bathing on the top of the roof. You know, I mean, he could have done that. But what did he do? He saw it. And then he was like, oh, who who is this woman? So he began to take it further and he began to investigate. And, and so he was like, who is this woman? And then because he's the king and, and who's going to tell the king what he can do, he went he sent for her because he wanted her. He desired her. He desired another man's wife. It started with a look. So then David sent his messengers. He took her and she came and she lay with him. And then in the ESV it says now she had been purifying herself from her uncleanness. I'm like, what does that mean? So I just got to say I'm thankful for a wife who she works with women with unplanned pregnancies. Amen. And she knows a lot more about ladies and ladies' menstrual cycles than I could ever care to know. Amen. And so I had to lean into her and I had to lean into studying my scripture. And so basically I began to study this and I just want to share this with you really quick. It says now she had been purifying herself from her uncleanness. Basically the NIV says her monthly uncleanness or the new living translation says her menstrual period. And so what happened in those days is when a woman would have her period that she was unclean. And so she had had that and then she was unclean for seven days days. And so what got me is I began to talk to Kendall. I'm like, wait a second, how's this work? And she's like, well, that ain't possible because this is when this happens and ovulation and this. And it was like, okay, I'm taking your word for it. But we had that conversation. But what scripture is telling us is she had had that. She had come off of that. She was unclean. And when David saw her, she was bathing from her uncleanness. And so when they laid together, when he had sexual relations with someone who was not his wife, It cost him more than he thought it was going to cost him. Amen? Because she was fertile and then she bore a child. She became pregnant. And so can I also remind you as we think about David this morning... And there's several different people that this quote is attributed to, and you've probably had, uh, you've probably heard a streamlined version of this, but I'm sharing with you a version that I found from Kay Arthur, um, from her website, precept.org. If you're not uh, familiar with her, she is, uh, this type of Bible study, and my mind just went blank. It is the inductive Bible study. So she has a Bible study, the Kay Arthur, Bible, uh, and she teaches you how to inductively and just go through the Word uh, and study it and, and, and get the most out of it. And so I'm sharing that because this post was shared from her ministry, which I think I've heard other men of God, and I uh, know about the inductive Bible study, so I know that it's uh, a pretty strong, it's pretty solid thing. So listen, as we think about David this morning, as we think about Adam and Eve this morning, I want you to think about this in your own life. Sin will take you farther than you ever thought you'd go. It will keep you there longer than you ever intended to stay. And it will cost you more than you ever expected to pay. That's what sin does in our lives. You think about it. We are a visual society. When you look at a Bud Light commercial, Super Bowl commercial, and it's the life of the party... You're going to be the life of the party. Everybody's going to be around you. There's one in particular I love. Sorry, I'm probably going to get stoned for this. But anyway, there's one from years ago that was, a, I think, a Budweiser, Bud Light commercial. And they were outside having a cookout. Well, what does that show you? That's showing you that you drink our product, that you're just going to be the life of the party. Everybody's going to come over to your house and they're just going to have a good time. Well, they played rock, paper, scissors to choose who was going to get the last... This is, this is how sin works too, but anyway, they, they played rock, paper, scissors, cause there was one beer remaining and two guys went to get it. Well, when they went, they played rock, paper, scissors, the other guy had, he chose rock, and he had a real rock and he hit the other guy with it, and so that's how he got the last Bud Light. Anyway, I always enjoyed that little commercial. But that's what sin does in our lives, right? Because it shows, it doesn't show you what's gonna happen after the fact. It doesn't It's not. It doesn't show you the abuse. It doesn't show you the anger and the outburst and you know the person who's down in the dumps. It shows you that you're going to be the life of the party, and so we just need to remember this morning that sin will take you farther than you want to go. It will keep you there longer than you want to stay, and it will cost you more than you ever wanted to pay. That's what we've got to remember as we're going through this this morning and so again i ask you we've got to think through so what you say brother chris how do we how do we apply something like this to our lives i think we have to begin to ask the question why do i desire this why do i desire a new car why do i desire this relationship why do I desire to be a part of this? Why do I desire whatever we have looked at? We've got to pause and say, why do I desire this? Jesus says, Matthew chapter 6, we just read 633 today. I encourage you if you want to go back and read Matthew six twenty two and 23. But Jesus said that the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. So the eye, it started with a look. So I want to just challenge you this morning. What are you looking at? And as you look at things in your life that you desire, you need to step back and say, Lord, why do I desire these? Is it like Eve that you may be, that you may have power? That you may feel like that you're God, that you're in control. Is it that you may have power over someone else? Is it that it may satisfy some need in your life that, you know, going and, and eating Oreos and, and ice cream, that might fill the, a hunger void, but it's only going to make you fat and it's only going to make you more miserable. Turn to the Lord and allow Him to fill those holes, those voids in your life. Allow him and him alone. As we look at Matthew chapter 6, and then in verse 21, I made a note, I want to read that. Oh yeah, so it says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. One, desi- one, one translation says, there your desires will be also. So we allow our desires to dictate our decisions. And do our decisions line up with who God intends us to be? I want to invite you, if if you've got if you have your Bible open, turn over to Mark's Gospel, Mark chapter seven, starting in verse twenty. Jesus tells them, and he said, "What comes out of a person is what defiles them, for from within, out of the heart of a man comes evil thoughts." Sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and they defile a person. You see, friends, if I was going to ask you anything this morning, I would tell you to check your heart. Check your desires. What is your desire? I think of Psalm 40, verse 8. It says, I delight to do thy will, O my Lord. Are you delighting to do the Lord's will? Is the desire of the Lord's heart your desire? Or do you have another desire that's going to lead you into sin? And you say, well, Chris, what does that mean? I think it starts with the fact that it starts with renewing your mind. It starts with guarding our eyes. Yeah, you might look on something, but you need to be unlike David. And when you see something that tempts you, you need to turn away. Don't keep walking like, like, man, hey, you, you know about that? Can you tell me how to get some of that? Oh, can you go get her and bring her here? Right, because what did he do? If he would have looked, and he could have gone and been like, bro. He's like, man, you got a beautiful wife. Just, just tell her don't, don't be bathing on the rooftop in the middle of the day, right? When I get up from my nap, I don't want to be seeing that, right? I'm tempted. So we need to think through what we're doing and we need to check our hearts. And if you say, well, Chris, how do I apply that? How do I, I think it starts as we've talked about this morning, it starts with a look, but as we look into God's word, we see Philippians four eight. And we just need to think that, we need to take our things, the things that we think, the things that come along our path, and we need to ask ourselves, and, we, and there, there are eight questions that we can ask ourselves from this verse. Is it true? Is it honorable? Is it just? Is it loving? Is it commendable? Is it excellent? Is it praiseworthy? It started with a look. If you still have your copy of God's word open, I want you to turn back over to Genesis three. This is like a sword drill this morning, right? Like in the WANA program, we just going to be all over God's word, but I want you to see something. I want you to see something in chapter three is the last verse that I read earlier this morning, as we were looking at verses one through seven, it says "And their eyes were both open and they knew they were naked and they sewed Fig cloths together and made themselves loin cloths. Well, one of my favorite verses falls right after this in verse 11. And as God is talking to them, he says, And who told you you were naked? Right? That's what the enemy does when we sin and there are things in our lives. He will bring that out and he will keep that before you. And so God is saying, Who told you you were naked? It is a reminder of what our enemy does. But can I remind you this morning that in verse seven it says that they made uh, they sewed together fig leaves and made loincloths to cover themselves up. But you know what? When we sin in our lives and we try to cover it up, we only make a mess. We make a mess of the situation. But praise be to God as He tells them what's going to happen, and He tells them they're going to sweat, and there's going to be you know uh, the, the pains of childbirth. Then we see in verse 21, and I love this because it's a beautiful picture, and it said, the Lord God made for Adam and his wife garments of skins, and he clothed them. You see, here's what happened. It's a beautiful picture of what God has done since the beginning of time, and what he did in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, is that he made cloths of skins. So here's what here's what I want you to see in that. It's the first time in Scripture that we see a sacrifice. That something had to die because of our sins. That there was blood that was shed. And it's a beautiful picture of what Christ and Christ alone would do as the perfect Lamb of God. That He would come and that He would live a sinless life. That He would die that his blood would be shed, that we may be made whole. So that through the blood of Christ, Jesus sees us as whole. So will you stop being like Adam and Eve and, and trying to cover up your own sin and turn to Jesus and what he's done for you? Let's pray together this morning. Father God, I thank you for a message such as this. Lord, to just remind us in our lives... That things happen when we just look. Lord, And as we look at things that we see around us, things that are unpleasing to you, Lord, things that are not good for our bodies, are not good for our minds, are not good for our relationships. Lord, and we do like David, and we just, we continue to walk in them, and we want more of it. Lord, help us. Give us the strength to turn to you. Give us accountability partners to to keep us accountable, to encourage us, to love us, to be gracious to us. And Father, this morning I pray as we think through these things, Lord, that we would just be men and women who are like David, though he fell, Lord, he was a man after your own heart. So Father, thank you for the grace that you showed David, which is the same grace that you show us. And, Father, I pray this week that as we look and we see things, Lord, we may stop and ask, why do I desire this? Why do I want this? And, Lord, is it what you want for me? Father, I pray if there's one here this morning gathered or one on the phone, as I think back of my own testimony, Lord, 10 years ago, Pray if there's one here this morning that doesn't know you, who isn't following you like they should be, who hadn't been obedient and and just trusting in you and Christ alone. Lord, I pray that uh there may be a conversation had. May they just send me a text or give me a call. Lord, see me after church to just say, Hey, I want to talk more about this. I want to know that I know. And God, I'm thankful for the preaching and teaching of your word and the invitation to follow you. And a man who met me, who prayed with me, who encouraged me, and taught me how to follow you. Father, we thank you. We ask now that, as we've prayed many times before, Lord, may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.